uh, in some sick. So that's kind of how we're going to do. Uh, but let's read together uh, from Matthew 8. I forgot my glasses, so I'm doing it well, my glasses. Okay. Um, when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, (coughs) saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but you go show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses have commanded for proof for them. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying, no, sorry, no, no, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the words and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from the east and west and will recline at table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown out into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth To the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the sermon was healed at that moment. And when Jesus enters Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and began to serve him. That evening, they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and he bore our diseases. Amen. Sometimes, or all the time, when we look into the scriptures, um, and this which is a simple method is to what does the text say about who God is how is that encouraging and how can I encourage others so today we're really going to look at uh, well uh, every time we're going to look about that but also as Matthew is writing about who Jesus is 
and who Jesus shows us who God is. Oh, how important it is we stop at these things and really ponder these things. That we don't just glance over them, but stop there and be encouraged in what's happening. So we see the first encounter Jesus has. He's, we're ex- if you're in your mind's eye, is, 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 uh, is thinking about this. He's walking down a hill. And at this point, there's many people around him. And then, <laughs> all of a sudden, this guy shows up. He's unclean. He has a leprous disease. He has some form of skin disease. It could be anything from a fungus to like what we know as leprosy, which has a different name today, which I didn't know. It's called Hansen's disease. But So it could be all sorts of things, but he is unclean. And he comes and he kneels before Jesus, calling him Lord. And he says... You, if you will, you can make me clean. I was just, I was just, (laughs) I was just, it just, it led me to, just forward, it it just led me all the way to the garden where Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. He's, the leprous man lays himself on his knees calling Jesus Lord believing he has the power that only God has to make him clean but this is outrageous what is this man doing he's unclean he shouldn't even be there he shouldn't be among other people he should be isolated and if he was near people he he should yell unclean 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 so people could run away so why does this unclean man come? Wouldn't he make Jesus unclean? And there we have the uh, what the law says. He should tear, tear his clothes and let the hair of his ha- hair lay hang loose, and he should cover his upper lip and cry out, "Unclean, unclean!" And he should remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He's unclean. He should live alone, isolated, outside the camp. This guy, unless he was just living near the place, they were just walking down the mountain, and he's living outside. He's, he's not supposed to be where they are because there's people. He's supposed to be isolated, just yelling, unclean, unclean. This man is drawn to Jesus because he believes that he can make him clean if he wants to. some of the commentaries were saying that the way this man acts is that he is worshipping Jesus. And I was like, what? So I was trying to figure out what they were meaning. Well, they would say, because we see, we see the Greek word Lord used many times, but the, the, the context and what, what, how the person is acting when they use it sometimes reveal whether they believe that the person is, is Lord, like real Lord, like Jesus Lord and not just like a, a king or what do you call it a local ruler or something um, 
So we see that he comes and he kneels. And he says, if you will, you can make me clean. So there's something strong indicating that this man knows that there's something more to who Jesus is. That he's actually worshiping him because he believes that he has the power of God. So the commentary there, he's kneeling. He recognized Jesus as far more than just a man. His confidence in Jesus' ability to heal his condition hints that it is an act of worship and involving <laughs> full recognition of Jesus' deity, that Jesus is God. After only God, after all, only God was able to heal the lepers in the Old Testament. And then he says humbly, if you're willing. Hinting at maybe other people have tried to heal this man, but they couldn't. So there's humility, but this strong confidence that Jesus is something else, but he has the power of the Old Testament that only God has to make him clean. Matthew's trying, maybe in this story, trying to tell us that Jesus is not just a man. Interesting thing is that he cut, we, you know the story where the woman, she comes up behind and she touches Jesus. The man doesn't. But then in a, then in a big twist, before Jesus heals him, Jesus touches him. What is Jesus doing? Why would Jesus touch him? You know, everyone else would become unclean if they touched a man. This man probably haven't been touched for a very long time by anyone. This could have been his first touch by a human for weeks, months, years. We don't know. And Jesus doesn't say he cleans him, but he touched him. He touches him first. And then he says, I will be clean. Now the proof that Jesus didn't become unclean is that the man became clean. What about you? What about me? If we are honest, do we really see God that, God that way? That he's so tender, so near, and so willing to touch our lives. cleanse us from our sin, shame, pain, and guilt. Is that the picture we have of God or is it something else? If it is something else that let us dwell on this passage where we explore how Jesus touches this person who is helpless, who is an outcast, who 
sit out from f- from community. He's willing to touch this man when nobody else was. Is that how you see God coming to you? We'll see how God does this through Jesus' life. Jesus will fulfill everything and he will die, substitute missionary death. He will resurrect. And he's, and he's coming back. And we are cleansed the same way by grace through faith in this. Jesus acts a little bit interesting here um, because you could say like wouldn't it be great if this man just runs out and tells everyone but instead Jesus says um, don't go telling everyone um, but instead do what Moses asked you to do so I tried to research what he did I'm not going to read all of you because it's two, chips, it's two chapters in Leviticus so it's pretty long but it's actually very interesting and it's also it also shows that Jesus is not about to give away with the law he will fulfill it because he shows here he has the power of God to heal this man and he asks him not to go out and tell about him but to show people that through the sacrifice first of two birds two birds and then two sheep uh, I thought the birds are very interesting because he has to bring two birds kill the one and then the priest is going to put blood on him seven times and then let the one bird go and then the same thing with the same thing with the sheep but it's you can say like why wouldn't Jesus just say hey tell everyone I did this well Jesus just said okay just go and do what you should do because what Moses showed you and that will be a proof for them. But because this man has been healed. And then they will have to, to verify this healing, they would have to ask, what happened? And they would have to investigate how this happened. Um, now the whole sacrificial system, I've, I've said a few times, is it's a, it's a shadow of what Jesus does in his life and his death and his resurrection that it was all pointing towards the perfect sacrifice of Jesus uh, that's why they had the sacrificial system so e- even now Jesus is showing I'm the one that could fulfill all of this well then Jesus leaves <coughs> I think I have uh, can you show the Capernaum okay that's Okay, so we're up there in that lake. Uh, there. So we're in Capernaum now, around the Sea of Galilee. If you take the next one, we could see where it kind of lies. It's like hilly. So we are in Capernaum. Jesus is coming into Capernaum. 
in this place there is uh, Roman soldiers, and so he's going to meet another outcast, another unclean, and even an enemy, an occupying force. This man is a foreigner. He's not even supposed to be there. And he's, uh, he's, yeah, he's from a foreign army. The centurion comes to Jesus. He also calls him Lord. Now the commentators don't say he worships him or anything, but he uses Lord as he knows Jesus has authority somehow. And we'll see in the rest of the passage with him how much authority. What is the centurion going to do? Centurion comes to him. Centurion, centurion seems to be a man of a tender heart, because he says, "Like my my servant is sick and he's paralyzed and he's suffering terribly." <coughs> and then he then Jesus kind of jumps in and say, "Okay, I'm on my way. We can go to your house." And then something very interesting's happened. Like, just imagine, like, a centurion, he's coming up to Jesus, and says, hey, Lord, I have, like, and Jesus is, like, you know, grabbing his coat, he's like, let's go. And the man's like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. And if we just stop there, what Jesus is offering is crazy. Jesus is breaking all the rules, all cultural rooms, r- uh, rules. <laughs> Remember Acts? How much, prob- how much trouble Peter gets in because he's <laughs> he eats with somebody. Jesus has no problem in getting his coat and just going with this man. That is amazing. This occupying force man, a man who was over a hundred soldiers, not even he shouldn't be even be there. And Jesus says, "I'm, I'm going to come to your house." And not only that, not only would he heal the man, maybe everybody else liked him too, and they would be like, "Yeah, this guy, you can heal his servant." But then he would go into his house. Because the guy is laying paralyzed in the house. That is, it would blow anyone's mind. He would definitely not get more popular with the Pharisees and the teachers. But why am I belaboring? I'm, 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 I'm pointing it out because that is amazing to see how committed Jesus is to this man and his servant. That he's willing to take all the complaints about what he's go, how he breaks cultural norms and rules and would go to this man's house to heal his servant. Now even an even more astonishing turn where even Jesus gets astonished is as this man says, no, no, Jesus, no, 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 Jesus, you know, um, thank you, but... Uh, I, I, 
I am not worthy to have you come into my house. Not, not at all. You know, I, I can't, I can't have you come to my house. So it seems like he has already a plan before he comes to Jesus. He's not actually wanting to come to him. He, he doesn't want him to come to his house. But the centurion has had a plan the whole time. And the plan is to, <laughs> the plan is to talk a little bit about his work. <laughs> and he, he, he says, you know, uh, in my business, <coughs> I, I have, I, I'm in charge of a hundred soldiers. And there's the guys above me. But, but if I tell any of these hundred people to do something, <coughs> they will do it. So I have them to do this, they'll do this. If I have my servant to do this, they'll do this. <coughs> and, I do, and, I, and I do what the other people tell me to do. So the, this man sees Jesus and sees Jesus has authority even over sicknesses. So he says, Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And something interesting is happening. Something that doesn't happen a lot. And I thought just to stop and to think about this because it says um, I'm looking at it. I cannot find it. <laughs> Jesus heard uh, yeah, when Jesus heard this he marveled and said to those who followed him. So, uh, is Jesus marveled. Jesus marvels at this man's faith. And I was just thinking about, like, so when Jesus is on earth, he's like, he's, has a body like us. And so at this moment, like, let's say Jesus has gotten his, he's ready to go to this man's house, this man explains like why he shouldn't come to his house but just cast uh, cast the sickness out with a word and says that Jesus marvels. I was like, I was just thinking, what does Jesus look like when he marvels? Like, I, I don't know. He, I, but, <laughs> but he does marvel. He he stops and as he's marveling he also takes it up as a teaching moment and saying to all the people that's following him now I have not seen faith like this by anyone in Israel and I, was, I, I just thought it was a little bit funny that he has already picked some of the disciples <laughs> some of the disciples are there like guys you don't have faith like this like <laughs> I just I don't know I just, I just thought that was funny but um 
So Jesus is like, I, in all of Israel, I've, I haven't seen faith like this man. That I don't even, I, I don't have come to his house, I don't have to do anything. I, he, he just comes to me and he says, I know I believe that you are in authority and can heal my servant. So it's another statement of Jesus that doesn't probably doesn't get him more friends with the people that are following or people that hear him say this because he's saying that this pagan occupying force man has more faith than he's seen than anyone in Israel. And Jesus continues to explain people are going to come from the east and the west and they will come and sit at the banquet in the kingdom of God with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the good part. The not so good part for the people who don't want to follow Jesus is he said there will be many that would be sons that are cast out. And Jesus talks about this place more than anybody. Gehenna, hell, a burning dump outside the city where there's gnashing of teeth. That's where people will cast out if they reject who God is and they reject who Jesus is. This is the great call for all of us, including the Jews, to stop living for ourselves and turn around and come and follow Jesus that we just saw is so compassionate towards the leper and now also so compassionate that he's willing to follow an unclean foreigner into his house But he would say that many would really, many will reject him. Jesus responds to the centurion, "Go. Let it be done as you have believed." The faith as a man had, the, the faith this man had in Jesus. Jesus' power healed this man. And also healed the guy with the skin disease. It was the faith they had in who Jesus is that healed and restored. Well, let's trust and believe in Jesus. So, I just, I was, at this point, I'm confronted a little bit by myself and my belief or my lack of belief. Because in some sense, uh, some some sense, I kind of find it a little bit scary when he says, "Go and it will happen as you have believed." Because if I'm thinking, what, what, what would I would I have the same faith as this man? And what if what if we what if he didn't have faith but he said it? as I was just wrestling with myself I w- with this thought but Jesus knows Jesus knows that this man faced that this man has faith in him he knows he's going to heal him he knows us as well so it's good to know that Jesus knows us
He knows our faith. And he knows the centurion's faith. And he knows the faith of the leper's man. What if we should see more our faith as a gift? To be exercised and used with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And when we do feel like we don't have faith, we can cry out like the father with the child. Oh, help. I believe, help my unbelief. And calling for the Lord to help us because Jesus hears and he knows. So maybe it's just in my mind, but I, I think that has confronted me before saying, go, let it be done as you believe. Maybe that's also why Jesus is just calling us not to pretend. Let's say other people, <laughs> let's say other people have seen this and they would just be like, hey Jesus, I know you can heal my friend with the words, but they didn't believe. So maybe it's Jesus being serious about well, do we believe? Then there's a slide of Peter's house. Because now we're going to go to Peter's house. Or, ow, or, or um, there's actually a slide that says Peter's house. There's like a picture. There, that's Peter's house. You can say there's not much left, but, uh, but that's, that's the architectural dig of Peter's house. Um, yeah, you go back to the text. But I just li- I would just like to show to you those things. The same with the maps that, as a, as um, Sadie said to one time, is this real? Is this real places? I was like, yes, it is. It is real places. These things are happening in real places. Uh, so just t- to show you those things as well. And so in fourteen, Jesus he enters Peter's house, and his mother-in-law. <laughs> is lying sick with a fever and here we don't hear much he he just touches her and she's healed we don't hear about her face we don't hear anybody asking him to do anything he touches her and the fever is gone this is always not always but I, I and I, maybe it's more of a joke than serious because I was like is this just because Jesus he doesn't want to <laughs> is it because Jesus doesn't want to serve everyone <laughs> he just heal, heals her so she can make the food and stuff I don't know but no of course it's not uh, of course it's not like that I just maybe it's but uh, you know he comes in she's said nothing she's done nothing she's just sick and he can he touches her and the fever is gone and we have to remember that Jesus is the greatest servant of all so it's not because he wants another servant and like somebody also says here like it's a privilege to serve so he, she's actually being helped into privilege to serve the people that come and it turns out there's going to be a lots of people coming to the house she gets, ri- she gets right up and starts serving how how is it that we respond when Jesus serves us? Is it like, oh, thank you, Jesus, and then we go on to something else, or or is it that we are moved, encouraged to serve others? 
unlike the two other people where it just seemed like they had to have so much faith to be healed, it doesn't say that here. We just hear that Jesus saw and he touched her and she was healed. The question would be do you feel like Jesus sees you? And have you felt his touch? Because if you're a little bit like me, maybe you don't really feel like your faith is as big as the first man or certainly not as the second man. So what great hope it is that Jesus sees and he touches us in our needs. Even as we're growing in understanding who Jesus is. then evening falls and all of a sudden (laughs) just like all of a sudden they brought many to him who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with the word and he healed those who were sick so you have an (laughs) you have an you have an evening where tons of people are coming to the house and 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 they they are coming there with various diseases oppressed by different demons and and Jesus just says to the evil spirits leave the evil spirits are no problem for Jesus he casts them out with just a word and he healed those who were pig <laughs> not pigs <laughs> he healed those who were sick with a word and, and we never hear him shouting or doing weird things over these people. And only just by a word, he just casts out the demons and he heals the sick. Mm-hmm. In church history and, and myths and things, they, all sorts of things have been used to ward off demons and garlic and silver and all sorts of things. And even sometimes today, strange things happen when people think they are do doing exorcism or different things, but here the power of Jesus is leave. That is how powerful Jesus is. Sometimes maybe depending on how we understand both spiritual warfare and also the battle between good and evil Maybe it can be cast as this big battle. But it's more that evil is on this short leash. And that if Jesus stops speaking, they'll all disappear. Because if Hebrews is true that everything is held together by his words, he can just stop speaking them into existence. God is so powerful that it's not even close. We feel maybe sometimes evil is so powerful, but it's not not even close how powerful God is. 
And we see it here. Jesus is Lord over all the spiritual. With just a word, he casts them out. He's Lord over all the physical. With a touch, he heals. And then, then, very beautiful, beautiful, but beautiful, kind of a, maybe why he tells these three stories, summing up. This was, fulfilled, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and he bore our diseases. This is from Isaiah 53. If you know, Isaiah 53 is, is a song of the sovereign servant. It is an extremely detailed account of Jesus' life and death. Matthew says that Jesus is the suffering servant. He is the one who took our sickness and our pain on himself. If you read the whole psalm, it, not psalm, it, it, it's song, but in Isaiah 53, if you read the whole thing, it also says he was pierced for our transgress- transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. It is the whole story of who Jesus is in Isaiah 53. And Matthew sees that in these healings, Jesus shows who he is to everyone. And it's like he's saying, come on, get it. The suffering servant is Jesus. Come on, Jews. And everybody else. Surely he bore our grief and he carried a sorrow, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Matthew's saying, Jesus is the Messiah, he is the Christ. As I have been saying the whole time, says Matthew, this is proof because he heals with a touch, he heals with a word, he casts out the demons by a word. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And come on, read your scriptures. Understand who this suffering servant is. Like I say, come on. Matthew saying, so what about you? What about me? What about us? You and us have just heard that Jesus heals, saves, restores, redeems, and we see, show that he fulfills the sacrificial system. His blood is what cleanses us like the birds. And it symbolizes that it was just a shadow, but he was the perfect sacrifice. So maybe you're out there, maybe you're him, but well, you don't, you don't, you don't know because, you know, like I don't really know if, if God loves me or sees me. And I, I would just contend that you get it all wrong, upside down. You know, you see that God has loved you in Jesus Christ. Even that Jesus is willing to humbly come to this earth, he was always worshipped by angels, always in perfect communion with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. He empties himself, comes into this world. Shows a great love for, for us that we could 
even approach who God is. Again, Jesus touches the man who hasn't been touched for a really long time. He goes to the foreigner. He casts out the evil spirits by a word and he heals by a touch. The question would be, have you experienced that with God? Is that the picture of tenderness you have of God? That Jesus is that near and that willing? So Matthew is clear. He's like, stop living for yourself. Come and follow Jesus. He's the Lord of all. He's the Lord of life. Like Joseph was told, no, Joseph said was in his testimony. He's like, no, no. Before it was all about how it was champagne guilt. Now it's true life in who Jesus is because he will set me free. Jesus is Lord of the physical and the spiritual. He's compassionate. We see who God really is through him. He sees the mercy, we see the mercy he has on Peter's mother-in-law. He just heals her. Is that how we view who God is? With that kindness and tenderness. Do we believe that Jesus is that powerful in our lives as well? That he casts out the demons by a word, heals by a touch. That is the encouragement that Matthew brings to us. It's true. Jesus is Lord. He is the Christ. Be encouraged by that. And go and tell others as well. Amen. Let's pray together. Oh Lord God, thank you. Um, thank you so much for Matthew's gospel. I ask for me and for all of us here, may you correct the view we have of you if this is not the view we have of you. That you are so willing and so kind that you see us, you're willing to touch us, you're willing to move in our lives. Lord, help us to understand and see what you've done in Jesus. Please let us, let us see your compassion and love for us as well. And Holy Spirit, illumine our minds and hearts through the scriptures to see this as being very true. Help us all to, all to be so encouraged by who you are, that you are the Lord God of all things that you are so the suffering servant that made a way for us to be reconciled to you. And you're not dead, but you're alive. And that you're coming back. Help us to live in this great expectation that you're coming back. Help us to empower us by your Holy Spirit to not live for our loves, but selves, but live for you and share this good news with others as you have loved us.
thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may stand up for the benediction. Um, if you have comments, questions, angry outbursts, or if you need somebody to pray with you, um, there's people around. I'm also here. Um, yeah, don't don't let don't run away if you need to have some time to pray with someone. I encourage you to do that as well. So Jude he writes in twenty five, no, twenty four and twenty five. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now, and forever. Amen.